You're listening to Brave New Words. My name is Ed, and I'm here with... I'm Ross. And I'm Russ. And I'm producer. So, uh, yes, we're still lost in... I blame you for this. Russ. We're not lost. I know exactly where we are. We're here. Uh, no, we everything are... Everything else is... Ne- got here. Yeah, everything else, is... everything else is negotiable. We're here. I'll let you out. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, it's like that! <laughs> There's got... a door and... Ed... Right, Russ has got the keys. I've got a plan. You've got... Right, oh, yeah, yeah. joking. Oh, <laughs> Ow! Um, not you! The one with the keys! No, 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 no. no. Right, okay, Ow. right. Come on. Which one is the real me? <laughs> oh. No, no, no. Plan, plan, plan. We find a, a, a library shelf with maps, and that will get us out. I'll just let you out. There's, there's tea and everything. I'm, you, you, you can leave Ooh, whenever you want. Okay. The, the dramatic tension here. of the sea just went straight down because we've got tea. <laughs> Tea's lovely. Um, but also, you know... Proper vill- a proper British supervillain, me. <laughs> You're a supervillain? Maybe. This, hang on. I thought... I, sorry, I thought the bunny rabbit was the supervillain. Oh, yeah, the bunny rabbit works for me every now and again. It's just, oh, oh, it's now staring at me because I because I because I've got oh, you. I oh. know that you're in fact a villain. How oh, no. was the supervillain in series one? And he he's, he had character developments in there. Whereas Russ is emerging as a villain in series two. Yeah, this is how this stuff works. Narrative plots. Yeah. If only we read enough books and knew how those worked. <sighs> Bond movies should have more tea. We're gonna have a cup of tea. You're gonna listen to a jingle. Embrace the alternative. This is Fabrician International. That, so, that was a lovely jingle. Yeah, and while, <laughs> while the jingle was going on, I discussed my entire master plan, but sorry, sorry, listeners. He was monologuing. It was great. It, it was fantastic. There was, there was lasers, explosions, and sharks. And, and, and there missed, was tea. And there was tea, and you missed it all because you were listening to a jingle. Why did you do that? That's silly. Um, <laughs> we got a lot into that jingle. We did. There was a whole six different shows. It was very, very different. But, um, yes. Today on today's show, we're talking about The Witch of Tarina, um, which is by Clifford Beale and is the most Moorcocky book that's not been written by Michael Moorcock since Moorcock ever did cock. Um, so, <laughs> but how much wood can a woodchuck chuck me how much cock can a Murcock cock if a Murcock could cock what cocks? Is the, the question <laughs> much, that I'm asking. Much, what did Chuck Wendig do now, Russ? <laughs> <laughs> Wood. Well done. <laughs> so. This is going very highly wrong. Let's talk about book. So. Uh, no, no, no. It's okay. No, no, we're fine. Keep going. So, uh, uh, <laughs> The Witch of Turinia is the second book of the Tales of Valder. We talked about the guns of Ivria a little while ago, and as I'm trying desperately to pronounce um, words in a weird way, you can tell that this is a fantasy novel. Uh, Clifford Beale, we talked about before, did Gideon's Angel, which is essentially about a world where angels are real and um, the church and politics. Uh, run all the way across that. Very similar to I've forgotten her name. French author Aliette de Bodard. Yes, very similar to Aliette de, de Bodard in world building and style, but style of writing utterly different. Um, instead, um, Livy Beale has decided to go with the uh, the t- tales of Valder 
series which are just different they're totally different to the stuff he's done previously they're less dense they're less heavy they get less involved in the fantasy world but the world building is still really sweet so we've got a renaissance-esque world most things are sort of islands uh we've got a kind of venice we've got a kind of italy we've got that kind of setup yeah yeah it's renaissance um they Oracalcum is still a thing. Steel isn't so, steel is a thing, but you know, uh, incredible material, incre- incredible stuff is their, their tech tree is all wonky. Is the short <laughs> version. Um, so you've got lots of ships and caravels, right? And this sort of build, but um, guns are still basically uh, chucking. Gunpowder exists. Mm-hmm. Cannons exist. They're firing stones, right? And the guns of Ivory was all about was all about long guns made out of a better material than iron, called Oracalcum, uh, which is the legendary bronze, okay. um, yeah. the magical bronze, essentially a magical material. Uh, firing firing actual cannonballs, which Ooh. oddly enough, when you put in a shit sea battle, devastates the opponent because everyone else is literally throwing rocks at you, really efficiently, but still just throwing rocks at you. Um, so that's the sort of world it is. You've got uh, Venetian-style princes, princes and principalities, and it's all about different city-states. Um, the first book was about a heresy. So they they have a, a, a deity, um, and he has the seven tenants, and the, the, the one fifth, the seven tenants of the one fifth, and then this 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 guy. You're in the same place I did, I think. Have so, you all been the seven deadly tenants? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Hi, mind. Right. <laughs> yes. Now I'm thinking of seven dividends, and that's a uh, fantasy that I keep to myself. Thank yeah, you Jack can't just can't tell you what he's thinking right now. I can't tell you what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> stay on the show. But anyway, so we had the one fifth. The one fifth split into two because there there was this fifth had seven fifths, and then this guy. So now two tenths. This character accidentally, accidentally. Maths. Stop it. <laughs> This guy accidentally discovered, um, I say accidentally, essentially the hand of God came down and went, there are three more rules, you idiots! Uh, and he becomes the prophet, or, or he becomes the new prophet, essentially. He's running around going, there's three more rules. And one of them is be be nice to mer people, which is a problem, because mer people in this world have been used as an excuse for everything that's wrong with the world. Oh, hey. Um, mm. So... Uh, and when we first meet Captain Danimus, who's one of the characters, Captain Danimus is uh, essentially feeding them um, a mirror leaf, which is essentially an opiate. Right. So he's keeping the he's keeping them down, as it right. were. The various characters, essentially, they sort the relationship out with the mirror people. The mirror people start becoming a thing. This is all the build up to to this book, by the way. Right. Um, this is all previously on. This is all previously on. Right. So, uh, relationship with more people, relationship with. There's a revelation that the, the faith is better than it should be. Okay. Um, there's a revelation that the more people are interesting and have their own civilization and we should stop doing horrible things to them. Mm-hmm. There's a revelation that one of the characters, Lady Lucinda, is not, in fact, a um, priestess of the seven, of the seven tenants. It's a priestess of the old faith. And the old faith are essentially Cthulhu-esque, extra-dimensional horrors that want to eat your brain. Um, they're horrible, horrible, it's horrible. Tr- it's a tried idea. It's tested. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, 
I was expecting the word vampire there for some, for some reason, but carry on. Yeah, no, she's basically a monster. So these these demons who are masquerading as gods, and essentially all the old all the all the old monsters, cockatrices, manticores, all the rest of it, are, shouldn't be in this world, and have snuck in through the gaps in reality. Yeah. So so magic itself is mm. is a kind of magic itself is not a good thing. Mm. <laughs> um, not entirely, you know. You can't have magic and yeah. and call upon nice things and do healing and all the rest of it. But most people rightly fear the heck out of magic and have burnt them at the stake and stopped them from um, mm. destroying the world. Unfortunately, people have now forgotten about all of this mm. and so have gone back to the. So, so people of the old ways are like, I'm a saint. Look at my miracles. This is a blessing from your God. Uh, no one talks about my gods, and there's that line of, uh, "Yes, you, you you want to you you want to swear upon upon this, this 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 on the one faith, and obviously the true supporters of the one faith. Hang you on. are a true supporter." It's like, "Oh yeah, I'll not look at the the I'll not look at the the big big way that that's been phrased. I'll just go for it." Yeah, did I just stay at the door lock behind me, Mister? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so by the time we get to this book, war has happened, or war is about to happen, because these are city states that don't like each other anyway. They've never liked each other anyway, and they've been looking for an excuse. And yes, a cliche happens: a king dies. It's inconvenient. It's always inconvenient when king dies. I, I'm generally, I generally think that kings shouldn't. Well, they try not to, but oh. but plot device. But think think how different the Game of Thrones books would be different would be if you know the king doesn't die. Yeah. King this just dies later true. on when somebody gets bored and kills King. Yeah, it's like I have decided not to be killed by a boar. Everyone well, just carry on, and then it would just be like five books of like people having tea, regret biscuits. Nah, someone had stabbed him up by the end of the book. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Are there any teens in which George R. R. Martin talks about drinking tea? Uh, he talks about eating food an awful lot, actually. Okay. Lots of banquets. Um. So, you know, bacon stew. You you know that I've kind of I've avoided names and all the rest of it because there's a lot of characters. There's not a lot of characters, but there's enough characters. There's enough. Um, and they're all doing various different things. What we've got is we've got a bunch of mercenaries and mercenary companies doing really cool mercenary things. Yeah, right. We've got um, and they they have war. They have sharp sharp style fighting and hey. the surprise monsters. I always like surprise monsters. Uh, sharp style fighting. That's the only martial art in which Sean Bean doesn't die, isn't it? In Sharp, yes. Um, well, because there's an infinite number of Sean Beans in the multiverse. Yes, but this is the only one where he doesn't die. Well, yeah, there's got to be at least one. Okay. There's something else I watched this week he didn't die in. Oh, really? <laughs> what? Yeah. Hang on, hang on. Don't don't name it. It might spoil it. <laughs> I think what it was. But anyway. come to me. Um, <laughs> okay, for other three things, okay, if you now see Sean Bean or something, there's a possibility it wasn't he, he didn't die. You now have suspense. Hooray! <laughs> so the plots we got the ratio is restored. The plots that we've got in this book <laughs> are um, we've got a burgeoning faith. We've got a war between two different faiths that are essentially the same faith. So it's like we follow the seven tenants, we follow the ten tenants. You're the same faith, you burks. Uh, and that's being driven by someone who wants to bring demons into the world. Meanwhile, the people who want to bring demons into the world are also encouraging war on all fronts to weaken everything. Then we have this subplot of mer people who are getting on being strange and exotic and weird, um, and at the same time 
essential to the plot. I described it as a very Murkockian world, and it is. There's, except the thing that Michael Murkock did really well was surreal and weird. Right. It's like if you know, almost I, almost all of Murkock's work just takes a, like a dive for the completely bonkers at some point. Clever Beale steers the course. At certain points, you're sitting there thinking, "You're going to go completely off off one one," um, and yeah, we get weirdness and it goes a bit odd. But it never goes Michael Moorcock weird. And that's a good thing. Because Michael Moorcock at his worst is when he's incredibly self-indulgent. And you've got people doing rude things in cauldrons. And it just doesn't make... Literally, literally the plot of one of his novels is there's a giant cauldron and two people use it as a... you know The entire book is about two people getting to get getting it on in a in a crucible. So what you're saying is never go for Moorcock. Never go for Moorcock. <laughs> because you will just turn into an absolute pile of tedious bollocks. Um stick with Moorcock, not most cock. <laughs> yeah, uh, near cock, I believe. Well a lot of my own... <laughs> A I'm lot, off again. I'm sorry. <laughs> a lot of my Omicron is really good, and the stuff. Brave like, new words <laughs> apologises for the, puns. The stuff like Warhound of the World's Pain, which is amazing, uh, but then after the third second set the third book, it dives off into into weirdness. What Clifford Beale is doing, he's doing all the really cool stuff that you read Mercock for. It's unfair to describe him as Mercock. Um, I believe Starburst Magazine did also, you know. So you're so you're running with it in an essay kind of form and then making a counter argument. Yeah, it's like Michael McCart and Fitzleiber. If you're a fan of those, Mm. yes, you'll be a fan of this because it's all about Renaissance city state. If you like Da Vinci's Demons, it's that sort of oddness and that sort of episode, that sort of deep world and those sort of crazy inventions and that sort of you know world building. On the other hand. It doesn't go too far off the mark. It stays a steady course. Um, there are plenty of surprises. There are plenty of things in there. But it's just basically a solid and fun fantasy novel with monster trees rising out of the ground and bullheaded monsters and griffins and other nonsense. I love the. Uh, so, what you're saying is it's monstrously good fun. It's monstrously good fun. It's got a cockatrice. Hey. There's a character who tries to keep a cockatrice as a pet. Guess how well that ends? Badly for everyone except the cockatrice. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't think cockatrices really care, but uh, Michael Moore cockatrice. No, let's not go there. Um, it's a multi-headed monster of a novel. That's what it would be. Moving on. Pun to my department. You keep to your own bit. I'll, 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 apply, for my, I'll, I'll apply for my punning license later. Um, can you mind? <laughs> Producer Al has spoken. <laughs> she didn't make the pun license so we can revoke it. That's that's the entire point of it. Uh, if you would like to apply for a pun license, contact us at Radio Bookworm and we'll giggle at you and then probably sort one Use out. Use the but. hashtag Producer Al says no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's your trend. That's your trend. It was. Um, or you can feature that. You can also reach us at uh, the Brittany Words Super Secret Book Club, which on is Facebook. which is on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram when we occasionally go. It's a book and take a photo of it in case we forget what books look like. We're, on, we're very infrequently on Tumblr. Very infrequently. Uh, very infrequently on Tumblr. Um, I always think of Tumblr as some random clown that we've just pinned books. Exactly. 
and <laughs> it's a book's falling uh, over. Don't, don't, we have a Twitter, don't we? Don't we yes, it's uh, at Radio Bookman. Uh, and you can also contact us uh, at Starburst Magazine, who are a sponsor, at letters at Starburst Magazine. Uh, your subject lines should should be Ed Fortune Pierre's. Um, or produce, hey! producer Al says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and coming up next, more nonsense. Across the world, 24 hours a day. The Mountains of Madness have many little plateau of sanity. In a galaxy far, far away, the adventures of Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia and Han Solo did not end with the destruction of the Death Star. Now, the Empire Strikes Back and the Star Wars Saga continues with the struggle against the dark forces of evil. Read the exciting story in Sphere Paperback. Hear John Williams' magnificent score on RSO records and tapes. See The Empire Strikes Back, Certificate U. Well, that was an interlude. So, um, those, those, did you enjoy the elevator music? We have done Tetris before. <laughs> hey! So... <laughs> Going back to the Richard Arena, is it as good as the Guns of Avery? Yes. Will you blow through it in about a day and a half? I did. Um, I'm a monster, but still. Um, if you like Millcock and you want more of the same and you don't like it when he goes into his mad kind of Gnostic weirdness, then this is for you. If you'd rather have the Gnostic weirdness, Elliot de Boudard. Go and read some Elliot de Boudard instead. That's different sorts of interesting fun. I wouldn't call it Gnostic weirdness, though. Yeah, yeah but, but but go and do that anyway. You won't, we won't be disappointed. This is really good. Yeah. So is Clifford Beale that uh, the, the the Witch of Terenia. Um Yeah, but there seems to be a growing growing kind of desire to go back to the Renaissance. I've noticed slowly but surely because we had steampunk. We still do. And but steampunk's kind of been in, been used, and then it's kind of used as a source now. You don't really get a lot of, you know. There was a whole burst of steampunk kind of. Oh yeah, there's been a lot movies. of it. And then uh, yeah, and then I think what they've gone is what I think what a lot of authors have gone is gone. I like steampunk, but what I want is more peasants. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And then they've decided to go further back in a kind of renaissance. Well, it's of... clearly unrealistic enough. I mean, what the world needs is a bit more grimdark. No, absolutely. <laughs> there's not enough you looked grim- up <laughs> to one side, and you made a sign over your chest. There's, there's not enough grimdark in that. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been living in our space. That's true. So I, how, I, don't, I don't know what's going on out there, how, but it didn't sound good. How large and scary is the grimdark section? Ah, it's pretty reasonable. Actually, that's an interesting point, though. As the world gets more grimdark itself and a bit more scary. Do we actually? Are we actually heading towards more high fantasy? Is everything going to go a little bit Harry Potter book wise? Do we think? Oh, I don't know about that. I'm actually looking forward to Court of Broken Knives. Court of Broken Knives. And a Smith Park. Oh, okay. Coming this year. I hope I got the title right, but 
Um, I've not read any of this stuff. Uh, I keep going to readings and go, that's amazing, and then not actually uh, listening to uh, it at all. It's a lack of time. Uh, Is she going to be at EasterCon? She was last year. Possibly. I don't know. Not in our space. Uh, I'll ask later. Um, (laughs) I'll know the answer to this by the end of the day, but you'll be off the show, so... Some of uh, I think we said in the previous show that we'll be at EasterCon. Um, schedules are still uh, a complicated, rotating thing, um, but you'll almost certainly be able to find us at the bar at some point because these buys a drink. Um, because as always, the bar's our destination to to misquote Alfred Bester. Um, oh, that's a fair point. I can actually be. I will be at the bar at EasterCon for a um, for a particular come and come and buy me a drink and talk about book session. Are you doing a cafe clutch? I am. Cafe clutches. Uh, if you've not done cafe clutches, cafe clutches are where you you basically find uh, it's a formal uh, drink with an author. Uh, you did one with Sarah Pinbury, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Uh, as did producer Al. Yes, I did. It was very good. Very interesting. I I, I posted a cafe clutch. They're really strange because <laughs> it's like here are the things that you know about, and I'm like I know stuff. I'm always very surprised. So, so being not terribly famous I would love to not be having a drink by and talking to myself for an hour that would be awesome <laughs> so please come along sign up <laughs> yes um, uh, I, you'll be fine because there's always there's always people who want to talk to other people and kind of call you it's kind of fun I, I have a vault of inane nonsense I could be going on about just so you know well uh, this will probably as we're going live myself and producer Al will be at Sci-Fi weekend in uh, where we will be doing nonsense with Talos Publishing, yay! yay. Um, the, the that that small press indie publisher of not always Doctor Who, um, <laughs> overrated stuff. Despite the name, uh, Talos being a Cyberman planet. Good tagline though. <laughs> not always Doctor Who, uh, but where and I will be there with David Tao who is ex of Starburst actually used to wear the literary editor hat back in the day Uh, and we're doing a thing on non-fiction which is interesting writing non-fiction and I was like I'm not sure I do write non-fiction because what I mostly write is nonsense which I'm pretty sure is is sort of fiction you write reviews yes reviews are not fiction apparently they're not Not they're opinions but they're not fiction (laughs) (laughs) But yes, um, so that should be quite a lot of fun as well. A bit weird as well. I always find these things odd. Yeah. If there is a convention you want to hear us talk, we will be doing some live shows. We'll be doing one at Edgelit, which is coming soon. And we'll be doing some other live nonsense, of which we'll hopefully get the full cast and crew. No idea if we're doing a show at, at Helsinki, because the schedules haven't been announced yet. But as of recording, never has the one for Easter. But maybe, and I'll I'll certainly be on the schedule for um, having a Salt Lake Fish vodka because <laughs> Helsinki. Indeed. Um, so yes, has anyone else read a lot of Murcock, or is it just me? It might be not a whole lot. Oh my goodness! Um, so I would always say. Um, just go go with the Elric stuff first go with the Eternal Champion stuff first because it's ridiculous fantasy once you've gotten past the ridiculous fantasy um, just dive in um, he does the entire the Jerry Cornelius stuff where he's kind of it's kind of like Doctor Who-esque time travelling pan-dimensional weirdness character 
So it's like he came up with one really good character and decided to do that same character in story after story after story, and it's kind of justifying that kind of the eternal champion, which is an interesting. I also think is a very English idea because we've got the Doctor, mm-hmm. we've got Jerry Cornelius, who is an eternal champion, who's a shifting. We've got shifting Jenny, who's an open source version of those two characters, and then. Then you kind of like grow up for it's not quite sliders, but it's that sort of pan dimensional character idea. Right. Hmm. Um, I always find that kind of. I, I always find that kind of interesting. Hmm. What you can't see here is Ed actually groping for an idea. It's brilliant. <laughs> I could, I, I'm trying to describe the miming here. It's. It, it's, it's yeah, it's like. The, there's. there's there's an elephant in the room and he's literally trying to grow, trying to work out what the shape of the elephant is. It's that rabbit again. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> and he's groping an elephant in the room. <laughs> now that is just, it's a visual. <laughs> I've run we out managed. of there was So we thought you were going somewhere with this idea. Yeah, and no, we, we were being patient. <laughs> So <laughs> that, that's that's not an elephant. That's an enormous space. Really not. Space space. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on which part of the elephant we're discussing. <laughs> uh, so okay, so <sighs> then we go through sort of, sort of sliders, um, hmm. quantum leap esque, maybe. Yeah, quantum leap is see, right. Okay, so quantum leap is is that same sort of eternal champion idea, um, where you've got one kind of soul going through the world. And then, you, then uh, we did it. There was a, there's a British movie called About Time. Yes, which is really creepy. Yes, I don't think I've seen that one. It's the same guy who did Love Actually. Ah, I know. Richard Curtis. Ah, yes, I do know of the film because it's broadly the same cast, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, Bill Nye's in it. It's Bill, Bill Nye. Yeah, yeah. I saw I, I saw a trailer for it. They can then... go back in their own timeline. Yeah. Which is uh, uh, this? This it's that's been done in fiction quite a few times as an yeah. idea, and um, Claire North's um, uh, Lives of Harry August goes on that kind of idea where you go back and you repeat yourself. Whereas in the Lives of Harry August, it's really interesting and really clever, and you kind of get this kind of repeating self time traveling character. We talked about that book before, yeah, and it's really clever, it's really interesting, and essentially as you repeat your life. Time and time again, slowly but surely, the, you kind of uncover the other people who are doing this, and you build a community. And you know, time travel is not as easy as it looks, and changing worlds is not as easy as it looks. About time, and should it be? About yeah. time does it terribly because essentially, the main character was incredibly rich, right? But like his character is incredibly rich. They kind of gloss over. You don't need money, so of course you don't need money if you're a time traveling god. Um, it's like Bill Nye's character of how he spends like a, one day just reading all the books in his thing by going back in time, going back in himself. So he travels back in time, his soul essentially travels back in time yeah. a day, reads another book, travels back in time. So he spends a day in August reading all the books. He has his limitations, as they say, because on generous, I remember from the movie. It has a generational basis of if you go back in time to before the conception of your kids and you change anything, then your kids will be conceived slightly differently. It'll be a different, be, kid they'll, they'll be different people. Yeah. Which is even more horrifying. 
Yeah. Uh, it's, you... it's just there are consequences to time travel, but yeah, it's... You return to the future and you have a different child than you had when you left. It's a but on the other hand, idea. On the other hand, okay, so you're, the person that you love is has changed mm. and you've changed them like irrevocably. Though apparently he hits the reset button somehow. You, you, you've changed them. But on the other hand, surely you go back in time and you stop this horrible thing from happening. And you stop, or you try and alleviate this other horrible thing from happening. Mm. And you, if you're not doing that, you're a monster. If you're not doing that, you're generally responsible for the horrible thing happening in the first place, um, which is quite often a premise of time travel. You know, there's mm. one person who goes back to sort out the other person who is doing them. That, that that's how it goes, isn't it? Yeah, th- this is nicely. I mean, I'm thinking of um, the time traveler's wife. Yes, uh, where yeah. it is a horrific you know, all all of the negatives that come to it, and you because he can't control it, that the, the, the responsibility goes away, but. The, his responsibility is still a massive part of that book. I, I just, it's the problem I have about time is it smacks of privilege and the idea yeah. that you can just do what you want. Uh, and it's lovely that you have this ability. It's, isn't it lovely that we have this nice big English house and this nice big English life? And also, the women don't have this power. And, yes, I have an issue with that. Yeah. Oh, and also, he traps traps her in an abusive relationship. Because for his own selfish needs. And I'm just like, you absolute ass. This is not a lovely English story. This is everything that's wrong with love, actually. This is everything that's wrong with Four Weddings and the Funeral. This is everything that's wrong with Richard Kitts. I, I actually need to watch this now so that I can have a look at it and go right uh, and, and add, this to my li- uh, add this to my list of problematic things that we need to. Mm. But, um, Richard Curtis gave us Vincent and the Doctor. Yes, which is a and also curse of the fatal death. <laughs> but if you compare that to the Fifteen Lives of Harry August, which is masterfully done, conscious of its consequences, and this is a kind of what I'm groping at here really is the idea between the book and the movie. The movie yeah. can take when you're writing a script for a movie, you take one idea, mm. and if your if your consequences of that one idea, if you get it wrong. You accidentally create something that's utterly awful, but you haven't concentrated that because we're making a rom com. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're, you're actually making a horror movie where you ignore the horror bit. Yeah. Um, I quite like the idea where whereby it could have been two films and where the where the um, the rom com exists. All of the stuff that went on that we didn't see makes its own other film. There's a there's a short film about a quantum murder box. Which, uh, is this a five minute yeah where yeah. he's 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 trying to chat up a lady uh, and he's worked out a way of create, he's read like half a physics book and he's read half the physics book and then he's gone brilliant uh, your time travel's doable he creates this quantum box essentially he goes up to this person he's been wanting to chat up and every time he gets up gets the, it, it wrong and alienates it he just hits the button and then back in time one minute and he's able to correct and he's able to correct I can't it. remember the name of the thing and I can't remember the name of the actor but it's, it's a guy from NCIS but Palmer from NCIS the twist is mm-hmm. and this is again this is an idea that's been done, done in things like Amazing Stories the twist is is that every time he presses that button he's not actually going back in time he's just shifting tracks on reality so his consciousness is moving to another possible dimension right unfortunately 
he actually dies because his consciousness has departed his body. Yeah. So if we go back to all the other realities, there's this about woman this woman he's sat next to. He's horrified because this guy walks up to him and goes, "Hi!" Ah, pump dies, flubs it, hits a button, falls over, collapses over dead. Wow! So, so there's like there's like a thousand corpses, um, and, this is a, and this is a guy who's you know just managed to say something awfully creepy in and in and he's desperate to correct it, and it just died as a result of hitting the button. Yeah, and and the wonderful thing is. That right there is the starting premise for a book itself, because, you know, the woman could then be some sort of investigator and go and figure out the uh, uh, figure out why she suddenly had a pile of corpses turn up. And well, again, each woman only sees one corpse, because each, cause each woman, there's only one woman of, one of the women in each iteration. So at least one of those women, uh, yeah. At least one version of that of those women is an investigator and wants to figure out the rest, and he, then goes he, down. Hang on, this is sounding like a Jet Li movie I've seen. <laughs> Here's an even better idea. Decide what? What if you decide to change the world? You decide to change the world using exactly the same method. You press the button. Everybody dies except for one person who's sitting there going. Why is everyone dead? Um, and then lot of people hit the button. Though, you yeah. can't stop me. I pressed this button half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, their consciousness has moved as well. But someone was just like, you know, they happened to be down a mine or mm. whatever, and everyone else is dead. And it's like, actually, everyone else is living in a slightly better world where the entire, you know, the where somebody didn't push the button. Well, 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 no, everyone's living in a slightly better world where they were got to change that major decision. Right. Whereas. Everyone else is dead. So this is why time travel stuff is just so brain breaking in the first place. And see, producer Al's supposed to keep, keep us on the topic of books, but I, I believe she's got to say it's sweat. We were talking about eternal champions. And we, we were, <laughs> which is the, the whole idea. And of, we did talk about the time traveller's wife as well. Which we, we are actually an interesting read. Back yeah. to the idea that um, there's a. I think it's Paul Nell. Um, no, it's not. It's one of the Doctor Who new adventures. Right, okay. Where he describes how a time war works if you're not Gallifreyan. Okay. And it's essentially one moment. It's the ones with Chris Credge. Um, there's one moment. There's the, this this civilization is amazing and it's brilliant. And you look at it in a space telescope and it's constantly flickering because it's either ashes or it's paradise. Hmm. And it's because they've got time travel well. Are they constantly they're con- the various factions are still fighting amongst themselves? So, at one point this world is amazing, and at the other point the world is ashes. It's like that episode of the Doctor's Daughter, isn't it? Where they it turns out at the end they've only been at war for like a week. A week. Yeah. Right, and then and then George Moffat went off and did something else, mm-hmm. mostly David Tennant, yep. from my understanding. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't miss the <laughs> She produced the five-ish doctors. She did. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. Then. <laughs> um, the five-ish doctors' daughter. <laughs> no, she, she's, <laughs> David Tennant now has three children. We're getting off topic. Several, Several children. Anyway, uh, books. <laughs> yes, uh, we do occasionally just swing into Doctor Who because we were talking about Talos well, publishing. The, the, the Doctor Who universe does have several time wars because there's the Eighth Doctor novels which go into their time war, and that happens be- entirely before. He becomes John Hurt. So, mm. you see, I've got a terrible pun about herbalists. No, uh, move on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Producer L says no. Um, Explain that to me later, after the show. 
we should I always feel like I should talk briefly about the candy jar books when I'm talking about um, the Doctor Who because there's a the Brigadier yeah is a separate character so Candy Jaw owns the rights to the Brigadier <gasps> yeah so any Doctor Who story that features the Brigadier they can write a spin-off novel for so they've done a whole load of separate spin-off books we've just about the Brig we've talked about them Ifly before, but they've got We've to read some of them, we just haven't reviewed them on the show. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to get around to doing that at some point. We need Sally. He's read one of them. They can do that? Oh, oh yeah, you want letting out, don't you? Yeah, okay, um, if you just, you know, keep going and keep going and turn left, and I'll, I'll, I'll sort something out for you. Shall I'm fo- staying here. Shall we follow the rabbit? Yes. I wouldn't do that. Um. <laughs> well, he's currently... I, I seriously wouldn't do that. Okay, one of the supervillains is telling us not to trust the other one. Well, this is a plot twist. Dun dun dun! Well, the rabbit what is, happened? Well, the rabbit is currently eating a pile of books. Which is... Hang on. Those are bad books. Well, they're by some... Theodore bloke? <laughs> Pass. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Just, some... just, just let the rabbit eat. Yeah. Okay. Some, 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 Leave the some, rabbit here. We'll some, go that way. Some sort of Finnish press company. Yeah. Anyway, shall we go? Yeah. Yes. Thank you for visiting. Bye. 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 Bye.